Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Yeah, it's really good to be with you all this morning. Thanks for braving the winter, winter snowmageddon. Um, 2021, <laughs> it wasn't too bad, I guess. Uh, oh, gosh, that's really, I'm a whole year off right now. It's okay. Um, it's, yeah, it, I'll make a confession. Uh, last time they were calling for snow on a Sunday, I sent like a frantic email out to the elders the night before. I'm like, we got to cancel. Like, when do we make this call? I knew snow was coming. There was like, no worry. I, I didn't even, like, I woke up, I was like, hmm, there's snow outside. So I think I'm, the Lord is discipling me. Uh, but thank you for making it out. Um, it's really good to be with you all this morning. Uh, we have an opportunity uh, every year, uh, usually twice a year in September and in January, we take a moment and we remind ourselves uh, who we are, uh, who God has called us to be. And um, yeah, we call it Vision Sunday because it's important for us to continue to keep that ahead of us. I think especially in the time we are right now, so much has been disrupted. Uh, even in my family, I feel like we're having to revision what it is to be a family. We're having to revision what it is in, in our friendships. We're having to revision a lot of different things because there's been great disruptors that have taken place. And so it seems like a lot, as I have been preparing for this, I've had a long runway. And I've been grateful that that runway has been filled with a lot of joy and also deep sorrow. It's been filled with these moments of of like great jubilee and worship, and also repentance. And so my hope is we can strike the tension this morning of who we are, who God's calling us to, and my prayer is that the Spirit will be at work in convicting us, encouraging us, shaping us, building us, and just having whatever He needs to be done in our hearts. And so I I really believe that as a community, as a church, as the Renew community, we are in a season of rebuilding. Um, a lot has happened, uh, even as, as, as you look around in your house churches, as you look around in this place, uh, there's, there's a lot of faces that are missing. There's some new faces, uh, but there's also this sort of um, tension that exists in the room where you're like, I wonder if anyone else is next. It's almost like being on a ship that's sinking, like who's jumping off next? And just so you all know, um, talking with pastors, talking with other pastors who talk with pastors, this is the temperature of almost every faith community in North America, and I'd probably say even across, even globally. So this is not something just, just unique to who we are. But I want us this morning to hear the heart and calling of God on our community. I want us to be open to conviction, to be open to his overwhelming love as we look to the scriptures this morning. And I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Jeremiah 18. Um, and if, for those of you have, who have not read much of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah had, had this great moniker. He was known as the weeping prophet. Like that's what everybody wants in their life. 
Uh, he had the hardest job in the world. His job was to preach Israel into exile. How's that for a setup? Hey, you're going to tell these people this is what's going to happen, and this is who's going to do it, and you're going to watch. You're going to watch my. You're going to watch me do all this. You're going to watch all this happen to your people, and you're going to weep a ton. And so, what's interesting is as Jeremiah is preaching Israel into exile, the southern kingdom, Judah. This word exile becomes really important, and Israel's identity is shifted. And so the New Testament writers also use the term exile. James, the book that we just studied, he talks about the diaspora, which is another way to describe exiles, people who are not home. Um, Peter calls the church that you are a church of exiles. You are not home. This is not your home. The kingdom is your home. Jesus is your king, not Caesar, not the political powers to be, but Jesus. And this is not home, but the kingdom that is coming and that is already here, but not yet fully present is who we worship, is, is who we are actually a part of. And so friends, we are exiles. That's who we are. We have never, the church has never, the church gets in trouble when we shift outside of remembering that this is not home. This is where we live, but this isn't where we fully belong. We belong with Jesus. We belong in his kingdom under his rule and his reign. And so this is the calling and nature of the church from the very beginning. Uh, and that is our calling as followers of Jesus who call this place renew. That is our follower, that, that's our calling as, as the church universal as we think about how we live and move in the culture in which God has us planted in at this time. And so what we notice when we find ourselves in exile is it actually is this way to peel back the curtain a bit. And we see the realities behind the pandemic. We see realities behind politics. We are confronted with racism. We're confronted with sexism. We're confronted with so many different things. But our job is not to be staring at those, but to be looking, to, looking through the lens of Jesus into these particular situations. Because the church has never been called to like put their head in the sand and just hope it goes away. And friends, like as, as an Enneagram for one who hates conflict, that's the way I want to deal with most of these things. If I just ignore it, maybe it'll go away. So I need to ask forgiveness from you all for not jumping into hard things because there are moments when those things are just so overwhelming and my hope is maybe if we just have the long game in view, it'll just leave. And we laugh because we know that that never actually works. Now, his kingdom is what we long for, but we don't just long for his kingdom. We need to have the king who is part of this kingdom. And so Jesus is our king and his kingdom is everlasting. And that's what we're excited about. So what do we do with the Old Testament God? As we start, you know, I don't know if a lot of people have started Vision Sunday preaching in the Old Testament unless they're talking about the passage in Proverbs where it says people without vision perish. But does this one work? All right. <laughs> This is great. We listen on his terms. We try not to put him into a box or explain him away. We actually let God be God as we listen to this story. But we listen with the end in mind because we know that God's ultimate rescue to the exiled ones, those, who's ex who, those who have been exiled by sin and death and destruction, is Jesus, the resurrected king. He is our hope. 
He's coming to establish his rule and his reign, and he invites us as part of this kingdom work. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that this, that the kingdom of God is coming. And we as individuals made into the image uh, of Christ, the body of renew, we get to play a part of the renewal of all things in our little neck of the woods. Can I get an amen? And so this is Jeremiah 18, and I think this really captures kind of the heart of where we are. This is the word, starting in verse 1, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, are you in my hand, Israel? If at any time I announce that nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and it does evil in my sight and does not obey, then I will reconsider the good that I intended for it. And so I think this is important because it feels like the pot, the vessel that has been built up in us, whether it be individual or even as a community, had some air pockets in it or something, and it just came crashing down. Anyone feel like that? Like life in of itself has come crashing down. Any teenagers feel that way? Thank you, my teenage friends. Any adults feel that way? Yes. Because that's the reality. But here is God taking Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, to the potter's house, and he's saying, that air bubble that exploded and blew off the side of this pot, it's all good. Watch the joy in the potter's hands as he reshapes this beautiful thing. And so, friends, may I remind you that we're clay, and we're in this season of being reshaped and rebuilt and brought back into whatever image that God has. And we're a people that have said since the beginning that I can remember that our structure must submit to the Holy Spirit. And that is good news. Because we need to be in one of the dangers of being reshaped is like, well, I kind of wanted to look like this. Or, man, I wish it was still back this way. Or, oh, this is really hard. But friends, we just need to stay in the sweet spot and watch the potter work. And the way that that happens for us is submission and encouragement to one, submission to God and encouragement to one another. My prayer, Ben and I, we, we, don't, we don't look at ourselves as like the lead pastors. We're the lead followers. We long to be, to cultivate in this community what it looks like to follow Jesus. All right, so... That's where I think is like an important word for us to sit with as we move into our Vision Sunday. Other stuff. Because I think what we need to do this morning is we, be, we need to begin with the why. And so why do we do this thing called church? Why does Renew exist? We're going to get there, but I want to ask a deeper, further back question. Why are you a follower of Jesus? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What is it about Jesus that has compelled you to trust and to move in rhythm with him. And so I think this is, I think beginning at the beginning is one of the most important things for us to do. And for me, simply put, it's because Jesus changed my life. The complete trajectory of my entire life changed 
the moment I met Jesus, with snot running down my nose, tears running down my eyes, my whole life was reoriented in an instant. And all of a sudden, I felt this deep sense of burning love that God actually loved me, which I never experienced before. And I had a, grew up in an amazing household with amazing parents. But my orientation and, and capacity to love and to be loved completely changed. And as we all know, not all at once, right? But his love and mercy, these real things that we continue to experience time and time again are these things that woo us back, that call us back, that keep us moving on the journey of transformation, that continue to bring us back to this space to recognize that Christ has captured my heart and now he is captivating. And I'm talking like, wow, captivating. Just take a moment and think of Jesus. Like the son of God hanging on the cross with you in mind, like loving you. Like giving a way for us to be in right relationship with God, with the way we see ourselves, with the way we see others, with the world. That we're actually part of this beautiful image of what it is to be co-creators with Christ. Think about how much he loves you. It's okay to be overwhelmed. It's okay to, to just sit there and for a moment and just say, God, I think I forgot why Jesus was so beautiful in the first place. This passage sums up for me why I'm a follower of Jesus. And you may have your own, but it's Colossians 2, 13 through 15. It says this, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of, char of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Amen. My friends, this is the good news. And we follow Jesus because God's story is compelling, because we get a chance to watch kids and send them to school and change their shoes three times, and somehow in God's economy, he flips it back and they come back to bless your kids. And that was never the intention of these two back here who trusted God in that way. It was never the intention that, like, we're going to do this so we can be blessed in this way. But it's the intention of, yes, Lord, whatever you want. Because of what you've done for me, I'm ready to do whatever it is that you call me to do. And so, our lives get to shine into the darkness. In the areas of our lives, including our weaknesses, the places where sin destroyed and tarnished, God comes and makes them beautiful structures of redemption. That's good news, friends. Like, that's amen-worthy stuff. Like, the places of sin and death in your life have become beautiful structures of redemption. And then we remember why. Well, because as we think about why do we follow Jesus, it should bring us to action. And I ask you, and this is part of like what I sense we need as a community. This is what my journey has been. So maybe it might just be for me, but can we return to our first love? Can we re-rhythm our heart and our practices to get a glimpse of the goodness and compassion of God? I think we've been bogged down. I know I have. Like, this has been the normal space for many of us. This time that we've experienced has wearied our souls. Our shoes are worn thin and our hearts feel overwhelmed. It has strained relationships and moved off many practices of formation. 
And so a few weeks ago, I had a chance to sit with a friend. And let me tell you this story. And he's been going through some highs and lows, work, family, life, all kinds of stuff. Uh, about three months before, when I asked him to describe how he felt, he said, I feel just numb. I feel like there's just like this numbness. Stuff just doesn't feel alive. And he described this deep weariness, like he was journeying through the thickest terrain possible, like it was just this continual slog up the hill through the thick brush with prickers everywhere. Anyone ever been in the woods like that? And you're just like, I just want to get out of this nasty stuff. But there was a change last time we chatted. He said, I feel like over the last few weeks, I've kind of like come out of the thick stuff, and I, I, I stood on this like... This, this vast open space, and I just see the deep, compassionate heart of God. And I'm like, I pray that that is a prophetic word for our community, that where we are, we find these midst of getting out of the thick stuff and having these moments where we see the compassionate, vast heart of God. And my favorite was, I said, well, what is that? I said, so all that stuff that's happened, what do you think? And he goes, I wouldn't have traded the world for any of this. I'm like, that, my friends, is transformation. That's what it is to, to, to find that, that, that love, that first love of Jesus, where it's like you see it, and it just becomes so captivating and intoxicating. And you know you're going to go back in the briars at some point. You know it's going to be another slog up to these next hills. But there's this moment when our eyes are open and we see clearly Jesus. I think what it does, it actually gives us courage to be like, well, hey, I'm going to go back in, but I know Jesus is with me. And my friends, the only way we, the, one of the most important ways that this community has shown that we know that is by us telling each other, like all the time. Us praying for one another, like all the time. Having that courage to just say, hey, I'm hurting in this way. This is what's going on. All right, all right, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting excited. I need to settle. But Jesus, he saves us from our sin, and he saves us from death, and he also calls us to join in with him in the renewal of all things. The Father has sent the Son, the Son sent the Spirit, and the Spirit sends us. We are the sent ones. The word church, ekklesia in Greek, means the called out or the sent ones. That's who we are. We are not just a people who sit and stay. We are sent. And so this brings us to our next why. Why church? Specifically, why the unique rhythm of renew? Well, Renew was started with this belief that we don't just need another church. Our communities need fresh expressions and extensions of the gospel, of gospel-centered churches. We don't need to look like the other churches or feel stress of trying to fit in with what they're doing. In fact, we need to be people who celebrate what God is doing in the midst of these beautiful communities that are even in our area. We are not in a competition. We are excited for what God is up to. But our structure right now is this house church gathering rhythm. And we feel that this is our unique contribution to the kingdom at this moment. We have felt this way for a long time, and it doesn't feel like it's changing. And so let, us, let me remind you why we do some of these things. Our rhythm and everything we do is for one reason, and that's formation for mission. We are formed to be like Jesus so that we can follow Jesus into our daily lives and make disciples wherever we go. Renew has been historically a church for, that folks have talked about being this authentic expression of community. 
we've seen a lot of people's lives radically changed and healed in the midst of our time that God has called us to be a community that gathers. And we live out this formation and mission and community in our house church and in our gathering. And our unique structure is intentional in the fact that it has a double major. And so when we look at house church, we major in community formation and we minor in teaching. And we invite the Spirit to help us to engage with God. And this is the way that we kind of look at church. So some of the things that we think about, like we think and we believe that discipleship is formed in circles. So when we sit down and we have these conversations, when we open up the Bible together, when we worship, when we dance to the peanut song in somebody's house, the kingdom of God is showing up and doing something in the midst of that. And it is big and it is beautiful because it is small and intimate. As we open up the scripture, but even, I mean, how many of you realize like, the, like house church starts the minute you show up and pour your first cup of coffee? Like that's such a beautiful thing. Church is this beautiful potluck. In house church, everybody has to bring something. And what that means is we all connect. We all have a way that we participate. I love that right now, our Zoom house church is taking place. Uh, for those that aren't yet ready to come back to big spaces or those who are not feeling 100% comfortable, I love that our church is meeting people where they are. That Bob Simrack and Gary Sealing have been faithfully serving other folks within our community. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And one of the things that we can all say amen to is community is messy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Steve can. Thank you, Steve. That's because he's in my house church. Um, but it's true. We are confronted with the fact that it is hard. We're going to step on toes. We're going to hurt each other. But we need to be willing to say, hey, I've been hurt. Can you, can, like, we need to deal with this thing that's in front of us. And I'll tell you, I am grateful. This is going to sound weird, but I feel like coming back from sabbatical, I've been on like three months of finding out ways that people courageously have, have come to me and said, hey, I've been hurt in these ways. And like, what a gift to be able to say, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. I didn't know. Or if I did know, I was a jerk. Can you forgive me? Like, that's, that's kind of part of our community. Like, that's, that's part of what it is. We don't read the, the New Testament church and think like, oh, these guys had it all together. They probably all showed up. Everyone loved each other. Dude, it was a mess, you know, a hot mess. And kids and family. Um, I heard a story just a few, well, our story, uh, just last week to sit there and to have, to have one of our students lead us in a time of celebration before it even started. That shapes us. I've heard stories of how there are these moments when kids say stuff within our house church and all of a sudden it's like light bulbs go off in the adults and the kids just have no idea and then they run off and they do something crazy and different. But like, this is sort of that awkward rhythm that sometimes can be hard, but it's very intentional because we believe, we really believe that that's what's going to help this younger generation stick. We also believe that that's what's going to help this younger generation lead quicker and not wait till they're in their 40s to step in and lead. We need them to lead now. Our next structure that we have is our gathering structure. And here we major in teaching and worship and we minor in community. And again, as you know, if you've been part of a house church, that liturgy is the same liturgy we do here, but on a smaller scale. And we don't want to skip parts. Sometimes we do, and that's okay, but we want to continue that consistency because our hope is that if we do it, if we do it here and we do it in homes, maybe I'll do that on Monday. Maybe I'll do that on Tuesday. Maybe I'll be a part of a rhythm of formation for the rest of my life. And so when we think about our gatherings, and Dan, uh, can we go to the next slide? Um, I love that picture of you, by the way, the, the one before. So when we think about this, we major teaching, we minor community, we get to worship together. Friends, I think 
There's something beautiful about worshiping together. It, it doesn't happen in many spaces and places. I love the story in Acts when the church gathers to worship and, and, and the Holy Spirit shows up and shakes the building. Like, that's my prayer all the time. Like, Jesus, show up, shake this place. Shake the foundations of our hearts, of the building. We want to have an experience with you. We also realize that church, when we do this, church feels more like a family reunion, right? You get to have these great conversations, but sometimes you don't get to go super deep. But it's a beautiful thing for us to have this time and space for us to connect and to be reminded we're part of something bigger. My hope is that that, that reminds us that we're part of a, a bigger family too. We're part of the kingdom of God. I love that when we're in gatherings, it's shaped by stories and prayer and dancing of uh, Emily and Chloe leading us in a time of worship. Like all these things shape us in very, in, in family reunion style ways. Like we have these inside stories. Like remember that one time when Uncle Ray Ray got crazy and put the jello on his head. Like that's part of what happens here in our gatherings is we have these shared experiences of how Jesus shows up. And again, it bears to be repeated community is messy. Thank you, Steve. That's good. And so we've seen that over the last two years. We've seen the messiness of community. But as we look to the next six months, here's where we ask you to invest in the life of Renew. And I actually would love if you guys have paper and pen to write this down. I'm going to go to the next slide, buddy. So will you re-rhythm your heart and practices? And what I mean by this, will we put Jesus front and center in our life again? Will we enter into space of reading scripture, of prayer, of journaling, of conversations, like holy conversations with the people in our house church, of, of having friends that are deep, deeply connected to what's going on? Will you join us as we fix our attention to the Holy Spirit? I think what will unclog a lot of what's happening is when we say, okay, Spirit, like, what do you want us to do? How do you want me to be generous today? How do you want me to live a life of faith today? Who am I called to love well today? The third thing, and this is really important, presence. And what I mean by that is this is going to sound really weird, but I'm asking that, like, family, would you be present at gatherings and house churches at Rise events, at potlucks that turn into talent shows? Will you be present? I'm not asking about attendance. I'm asking about presence, right? Because there's a difference. Hey, I'm not going to be here. If, if, you miss, if you're not at house church or church and nobody knows why, you're not present. If you're not at house church and people know that you're away, that's called being present, right? Will you take kingdom risks again? And so here's what I'll say. We don't know what these kingdom risks are, but I'm grateful that we have minds and people in this room that have great ideas on kingdom risks. And I'm asking you, and Ben's asking you, and saying, tell us these ideas. I got a text message just a few weeks ago <laughs> that had about 100 ideas in them, and I'm excited about all of them. But if you're somebody who's like, hey, I'm ready to take a kingdom risk, can you just shoot up your hand? Like, I just want to get, a, like... Just a, yeah, great. Then we need to talk, okay? And then the last thing, can we, again, 
grow in our passionate worship of Jesus. And so here's what I mean by that. I mean, can we open up our hearts to Christ when we're together to worship? Can we open up our hearts to Christ when I'm at home in my car or when I'm driving in my car, when I'm at the coffee shop working on a teaching, when, when I'm hanging out with some friends? Can I be open and open worshiper of Christ? Just developing this longing and this heart that's passionate for Jesus. So you join us in these ways in the next six months. And then the last thing here are some things that we're focusing on. Um, and this is the last slide, I believe. Yes, some new opportunities. So we've, we've learned that like, uh, and this is not news to many of you, but being a, a stay-at-home parent is like, is a challenge. Um, there's some laughter in the back. Uh, and so, well, <laughs> did you choke on your coffee? Okay, I thought so. Um, but we also know that like, we all are in spaces of challenges. So we're looking for Lent. So Lent is starting in, in March. We're looking to take four weeks to be super intentional about formation and mission. And so we're looking to start a group with stay-at-home parents or people who are home during the day to actually read scripture together and watch people's kids. So we're going to need help watching kids. We're going to need help just loving all moms and dads who are at home. We're going to look to start an evening Lectio, where we're just going to read Scripture together once a week, sit, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. And we have a couple other ideas. We're, we're hoping to find some folks who would be willing to take a risk by just walking with the neighbor once a week and having a spiritual conversation. And you'll see this stuff outlined here in the next few weeks, and you'll see some more opportunities with that. Easter. We're coming up to Easter. It's in April, and I can't remember the day right now. You guys, that's terrible. Um, I should. 17th? Uh, I, was, I would have said the 17th, but I was afraid I'd sound dumb. Um, but this year for Easter, we, we've never really done this before, but we just want to make this like, man, invite your friends, invite family, invite people who are close to either wanting a relationship with Jesus or asking spiritual questions or people that you may not think have any spiritual temperature at all. We want to introduce people to Jesus and his people on Easter this year. So we kind of want to make a real big deal out of it. Not in like a weird way, in a renew way. We want to just have people hear stories about how Jesus has changed their life to celebrate our risen King. And so Easter is a new opportunity that we have. Our youth ministry, um, we brought on Johnny Radcliffe. And Johnny, it's good to see your face. Um, because here's why. We believe that our students are, uh, they need this. We've had amazing rise leaders who have just poured their heart and life and soul into the formation of our kids. And so in the next few weeks, students, you're going to start seeing a weekly gathering for you all. I love seeing smiles. That's good. And church family, like that's going to call us to give a bit more because we really believe that this is an important movement for us as a church, as we're growing. Because the, the, the young couples that started Renew with no kids or young kids now have these beautiful teenage sons and daughters, and we want to see them thrive in the kingdom. And family ministry, we have put the gas on these two ministries in the last year, uh, probably the last two years since the pandemic. It started with the hiring of Megan, and she threw some gas on the fire, and then pandemic hit like three months into her whole thing which was awesome. And you survived us through it. And thank you, Megan. 
Megan stepped down, and we have Mary and we have Denise who are just running wild after trying to capture the heart of our kids and provide resources for your par- for you parents. But friends, this is this is these are the new opportunities that we sense God called us to in this season. We know it doesn't seem like a ton of a ton of stuff, but we feel like these are very strategic movements. So can I pray for us? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you for this community. <laughs> thank you for giving us creative minds and hearts to come up with ideas, to to wrestle with your scripture, to love our neighbors well, to love our families well. Father, thank you for this beautiful church. God, it's just amazing as I look out over the people who are here, and I'm just reminded of the beautiful saints who have loved one another well, who have taken care of their pastors, who have faithfully and sacrificially given God, I just sent your smile over this community. I sense your favor. It's always been here. It will be here. So Lord, help us in these next six months to, to re-rhythm our hearts uh, to you and to one another, to retune our, our minds to, to be people who are, who are not only just falling deeper in love with you, but taking risks big and small for the sake of your kingdom. God, thank you for providing for our, our students uh, Thank you for providing a youth pastor for them. So, Lord, we just pray that we'd be faithful in all the areas that you've asked us to be in these next six months. We love you, and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.